ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. From some of the best elk hunters in the world. Across the canyon, pop up the other side and the wind is right at my back and blows right into it. I cut him off and say, I'm the baddest one, not you. I love it, man. I feel like I'm super blessed to call myself an elk hunter. To beat them at their game, to get them within that bow range, convincing them that I'm one of them. you got to close that distance really quick on him. And if he's going to engage that much, that's a dead bull. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast. Sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion. Pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. Bailey, Colorado, American Bowman. Oh, man, it's been a long time coming, brother. We talked. It's been a few months now, six right? Six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was slacking and lazy, man. So no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're here. We get to sit down and uh, and talk about uh, on track and um, seasons coming up. And I think that that might be a hole in most folks' game, man, especially guys that are coming from back east or out of state. And, and when they get to this country and realize what they're looking at, um, unless you have a really good blood trail and a short track, and that shot was money, you could be in for it. You get in some of this beetle kill or, or uh, blow down with a faint blood trail. Yeah, so the blood the, the blow downs are huge. Uh, so last year, every call was that I had, minus one, was blow down. And then you were looking at a dry summer and fall. And in the timber, in the grass, it just soaks up any bit of blood that was on the ground, right? So exactly like you said, if, if they didn't see it fall, hear it fall, they you're going to have a tough time finding it. You really are. Yeah. So let's jump in. Give us give us an intro, uh, and then we'll go from there, bro. Okay, so my name's Heath Brown. I help run On Track Big Game Recovery. Uh, we're based out of uh, Kentucky, West Kentucky, and I kind of started it up out here last year with Lindsey. Uh, this will be my second year tracking in Colorado. I'll cover, I'll cover anywhere in the state as long as I, I think it's a, a, a lethal hit based off of the questions that I ask the hunter when they do call me. Uh, 
I do have a I do have a bow tag here locally, so I'll be in and out between hunting and tracking all seasons. So, um, yeah, for a busy season. Yeah, absolutely. So the one thing I want to talk about before we get into you know tracking with the dogs is after we send that arrow, right? What what are you seeing? What what's the issue? For me, I see a lot of guys go into the the end zone dance, if you will, and they're not keeping eyes on that animal or they're not. Uh, re-knocking, you know, getting another arrow ready for that that follow-up. Um, we're, we're celebratory before we should be celebratory. Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially especially with elk and uh, people coming back from east. So, you know, my first experience out here, you could talk to my brother-in-law when I caught him afterwards. I was so jacked up with adrenaline. I've never experienced anything like it before. Uh, but you got you got to keep your head in the game. Because the questions I'm going to be wanting to know from you is, what what do you think that arrow impacted at? Did you find the arrow? What what was the bull or cow or or moose doing after the shot? You know, how far could you see that? Uh, did you grid search? These are all questions I'm asking, and you know, it, it's hard to tell a hunter out here not to grid search because whether or not they tell you they did or not, they did because they want to find it. We're, when people are calling me, it is literally their last ditch effort of finding it, right? But all that goes into effect. Like we need to know how the animal is acting after the hit. We need to know if you saw blood coming off the side of the body. I mean, I'm putting all these pieces together in my mind because when I when I get the call, I'm asking those questions because I don't want to drive six hours one way if I'm like iffy about we're going to find that animal or not. So, you know, if I'm taking your call, I'm feeling pretty positive about recovering the animal. So talk about the grid search, right? Because I've seen it and it ain't exactly a grid. No. It, it may be a, a series of wave lines and they yeah. kind of bounce all over. Um, you know, so talk about that, how that should look, you know, what, what's the most effective way for a guy to know this is an area he's already crossed. How do you, how you guys looking at that? So w when I'm talking to the hunter and, and they, and they told me that they've grid searched nine times out of 10, they're running a track on Onyx or go hunt or they're, they're running some type of tracking system on their device. And I'm going to ask them to share that with me, uh, along with the hit site and whatnot. Cause I want to be able to visually see what, what I'm getting into. I mean, perfect, a perfect call for me is somebody who shot an animal they, they don't have much blood. They do have the arrow. Arrow's got good sign on it. They've went 200 yards, and, and, and they backed out, right? And, and they've least it, waited at least an hour after the shot, okay? Um, but if, if they do grid search, I want to take that, I wanna take that uh, track that they have, and I want to overlay it into, into mine so I can see when my dog's working how it's – because what, what happens is the dog is going to smell. You're going to step in microscopic blood particles. You're going to spread it out. And I'm going to be able to look at, at their trail where they quote unquote grid searched and see if my dog's on or not or whatever, mm -hmm. coming back, back and forth to checks. But I mean, honestly, if, if, if you can't get a dog out there, the grid search, you, you need to be running that track. You need to have a spot where you hit the animal at. Yes. You need to have that marked. You need to mark every piece of blood. And then you need to, every 30 yards, you need to be going 200 yards out, coming over 30 yards, coming 200 yards back. It, you need to be able to visually see everything because, I mean, these critters die in some 
in some spots that you wouldn't otherwise find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, so what would be your preferred method? So for me, if, if we get into uh, real small drops, real thin blood, uh, I take my wind checker out mm-hmm. and I put a ring around that drop. Um, most of the time you'll lose a little bit, but even with moisture in the air, right? It just cakes, you know, it, it stays pretty good, I guess. Yep. yep. Um, and then, I mean, I guess you could hang a ribbon. I, I carry a ribbon as well. I don't like hanging ribbon because I always feel like I need to go back and remove it. Yeah. Where yep. that, you know, where that wind checker powder is not a big deal. Is there any, any detriment to using that with the dogs? Using the wind checker? Yeah. No, no, not at all. No. Uh, what's going to happen? I mean, if you're, if you're putting it right at the hit side, I would say don't do that uh, because what's going to happen is my dog's trained to, when we get to the hit site, I'm setting my dog down and I'm going to say track. And that dog is gathering more than just blood, okay? <laughs> he, he's building a scent profile of that area. It's the turned up dirt. It's broken vegetation that's, that's dying off. It's the blood. It's the smell of the, the, the glands on the animal. He's building that scent profile. Uh, so you're really not going to hurt it too bad throwing a little bit of talcum powder out, to be honest with you, because 10 feet down the trail, it's, it's, it's working that scent profile, right. if that makes sense. I, you know, you, you say that, right, it, and I think we take it for granted, is, is marking your hit location. But it, it's a given. I don't know that it's a given, though. You, do you see where guys don't, they don't have a good understanding of where they were, where that elk was exactly? Yeah, when, that's when out. that's pretty normal. You'll get out there and they'll say, "Oh, he was about in this location, right?" And and, and then it's kind of on me at that point to see if I can if I can find tracks from where the animal was actually shot and mm-hmm. kicked up some of the dirt, uh, because that's where essentially where you want to start the dog out at. Uh, but no, it, it's not it's not a standard thing that people do, especially because most of the time when they make that shot, they they think they killed the animal. Right. Yeah, which know? is crazy to me. Think of you know. Right, the, the, an animal the size of an elk, and that it, we expected just to drop. Well, it yeah. ran off, buddy. Like yeah. you know, and depending on how it ran off, if that adrenaline kicked in, yeah, yeah, yeah they can go a ways. Yeah, you can go a little bit. They can go a ways, and and don't and you know, if you're a hunter listening to this, and and your bull ran uphill, don't freak out. And a lot of people's like, oh, that's a bad sign. Every elk I tracked last year ran uphill. Through heavy blowdown, one of them, you know, through stuff you would think an elk would never go through, mm-hmm. and he was he went through all of it. They, so. And they moved through that stuff with yeah. finesse, man. I think I would rather an uphill track than a downhill. Well, yeah, because when you're packing that out, it's a lot easier <laughs> to get it out. <laughs> it's a lot easier to go up naked. And yeah, you dang, dang right. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting when you, when you hear that stuff. You know, not pinpointing, not keeping your head or your eye up. Uh, going like I said, going celebratory and not re-knocking another arrow. I mean, I, I guess we get that excited about it. I don't, I don't know. It's weird to hear it and then process it because that's just things I do. Uh, so I, I think a lot of times it, it, it comes from experience, right? Once, once you've been burned, not doing that, you'll always do it. And you'll always tell your friends, you know, make sure you do it. But until yeah. you've, until you've that's been true. burned, you know, yeah, it's like running. You know, you're on the the five yard line you start celebrating <laughs> and then and somebody bow, fumble turnover behind, yeah right it's the same deal there right i'm almost superstitious about it yeah right where nope, nope. oh yeah until I, i'm until i am touching <laughs> it, yeah exactly that's, exactly that's, it's not a done deal i mean you it's crazy you can see some some hits that you think would be just 
perfect money money shots the bull's down within 100 yards and that bull may be 600 yards you know like and not bleed a whole lot i mean if you if that entry hole is middle of the body he's not gonna bleed a lot and the ground soaks it up um so that's that's kind of where we come in you know those are those are the typical calls we get you know the hunter's gonna tell us you know, we'll ask, how was the animal? Was he broadside, quartering? They're usually always quartering to some degree whenever they're calling us. Um, if he's dead broadside and you're double lunging him, you're not calling me. You're usually going to find that bull within 100 to 200 yards. That's why I kind of set the, I, I set the uh, parameters for if you've, if you've been 200 yards and you haven't seen that animal, just see if you can get us out there. If you can't, grid search. That's great. Uh, but see if you can get us out there because you probably did not double lung that bull. So folks are clear, right? This is legal in Colorado. As of 2016. uh, We haven't really got into the dogs yet. Um, For everything but bear? Everything but bear. We cannot cannot do anything with bear with dogs in the state. Wyoming is legal. Yeah, it's it's legal in Wyoming, and, and we do take calls up in the up in the southern border of, okay. of Wyoming as well. I wonder why not bear? Uh, political. Uh, so so we had a meeting with uh, a CPW officer back in January tra- because, you know, last year when we were getting our tracker uh, permits, they, they made us pick a few units to track in. And that was the big argument. It's like, I don't know where the call is going to come from. Right. So, you know, I had to turn down a lot of really good calls that I know I could have recovered. Uh, just because I wasn't allowed to track in that unit. So we met, we met with the CPW officer. We were able to get it changed to a statewide permit. So we're not worried about that anymore. And then I asked him that day, I said, well, look, we're, we're having to run our dogs on a lead, 30-foot lead. The dog's always connected. It's always after a kill. The hunters are with us. We can't dispatch any animal. The hunter has to do that. So why not let us track bears he's like don't touch that he's like if you like your bear hunting in colorado don't touch it because of the hound but, thing but, but i know that's the, the 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 shenanigans on the political front with that are ridiculous right if we're talking about management and and avoiding want and waste they are yes inducing that with that kind of no crap, they, yeah right? they, yeah they like, really are I want to do everything I can. If that means calling on track to recover the animal that, you know, I possibly put a bad shot on. That's part of what we do, unfortunately. Right. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. I yeah. Think. But I get it. The political stuff with the furry creatures, you know. Yeah. Especially and I, the fluffy furries. Yeah. And I'm just happy that it's actually legal in this state now to track deer and elk and moose. Because, you know what? If, if somebody's coming from, let's say, I don't know. Illinois, and they're coming out here elk hunting, and they've been waiting for five years to draw this tag, right? And day one, they, they shoot a bull, and they spend two days tracking, they can't find it. Well, guess what? He's he's probably going to go back and shoot another one, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you call us, we may be able to recover that bull, and that's that's conservation right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, so how does that work? You get a call, say, I'm, I'm hunting over in, I finally draw 61. And I call you to come over to 61. What does that look like? Okay, so you're going to call me. Uh, call, call. I tell everybody, call in text because uh, service is spotty in the mountains here. Uh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to try to call you back as soon as I can. 
I'm going to ask you a set of questions and I just ask that you be as honest as possible because what I'm trying to do is paint a picture in my head of exactly what happened. Uh, I'm not here to take every call there is. I'm here to take the calls that I feel like that animal is, is dead or we can catch up to it, right? So the, the very first thing I got to have as per Colorado law is basically the best thing would be a picture of your tag because I can get all the information off of that. I need your full name. I need your CID number. I need the animal that you're hunting. I need the unit that you're in, right? And then after that, I'm going to ask for a few things like get, send me an Onyx drop or a Go Hunt drop of the closest place I can get my, my vehicle, right? Because the clo closer I can get my vehicle, the less my dog's going to be tired when he gets there. Uh, send, me a, send me a drop of, of where the hit site was at. Send me any tracks of where you've looked for blood yourself. Send me any pictures of blood you have. Did you find your arrow? Send me a picture of the arrow. And I'm putting all these pieces together. I'm, I'm asking, you know, what broadhead are you using? All right, that's important for me because if you're using a fixed blade or a hybrid and you know you didn't get a pass through, well, I know that as that animal's running off, it's still doing damage. It's still doing damage, right? Uh, if, you, if you're using a, a Rage Broadhead, you didn't get a pass-through, that Rage is probably going to close up inside. It probably ain't going to do a whole lot of damage. You may have a, a, an initial good blood trail. It's going to run empty. So these are all the stuff I'm asking for. Blood pictures are, are really great because if I see that certain type of blood, I'm, I'm like, don't go in there. I'm, I'm on the way, you know. That's usually how it works. Uh, and then I'll, I'll give you a timeline. Unfortunately, there's so, there's so much red flag that I had to jump through to legally do this, um, I can't track at night unless I get verbal approval. It is very hard to get a hold of a CPW officer during oh, hunting season. Yeah. Okay, so I, I do have a dispatch number now. Uh, it should be a little easier this year, but most of the time when I get a call, I'm going to tell you I'm going to meet you there at daylight. Uh, depending on how the mountain looks, we may start out on the blood trail Elk are hard to track. They can be notoriously hard to track because they don't have an interdigital gland in their foot. But deer, deer are pretty easy. They have an interdigital gland in their hoof. It's, it's unique to that deer, and that dog can ping, can ping in on that, and it's, it's pretty easy. Elk has an elk smell, and they have their urine smell, and it's the blood. And it's everywhere. And it's everywhere. <laughs> and last year when we hit a bedding area, my dog went berserk. I was like, oh, I've never seen her do this before. This is great. No, it wasn't great at all because <laughs> it was just, just a huge bedding area yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, I, I tell the hunters, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a guarantee with elk. It's never a guarantee with elk. But I just want you to know that ahead of time. I'm looking at the blood that you sent me. This bull, it looks dead. It looks like it should be dead. And I, I give all that up front, and then we set a time, and I start heading out that way. How does that affect your hunting season? Well, last year it affected it not too much because I didn't get a whole lot of calls for the units that I was having to provide. This year it's going to have a pretty prof profound effect, I think. Uh, luckily, luckily, um, I'm hunting right here in Bailey, so I can I can go in in the mornings for work. I can get a quick a quick hunt in afternoons after work, so I'm gonna be able to take a lot of calls. Uh, shouldn't be too bad, and I'm willing. I just like it because the raw emotion you get when a hunter calls you, he he is he is down in the dumps. Desperate. He is desperate. And he's calling you and he's not thinking that this is really gonna work out. That 
you can feel the pressure when you're tracking of the hunter, you know, because the dog's going to move forward. He's going to run a check and come back to, to another check to uh, his last known scent. So it's a lot of back and forth, and you can kind of feel the hunter like, ah, oh, I don't know. And then when you actually come upon that animal, that raw emotion from the hunter, you don't know what you're going to get as a tracker. They may break down and start crying. They may just start, woohoo, you know, going crazy, or they may be like, yep, there he is, you know. So it's it's really cool. Five times. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so I mean, that's kind of what I do it for. I love to see the dog work. I, I, I love to I love to see the ending for that hunter. Um, so it's 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 worth skipping a hunt for me. Bigger man than me, but. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it vary between uh, between the other species? Any any difference in that with moose or deer? Uh, so I had a moose call last year. I, re I really wanted to take it. I didn't think the moose was dead, but it was a moose call, and I really wanted to take it. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't in my unit. But no, it'd be, it'd be the same thing as elk for moose, uh, deer. If you get a deer call and everything sounds about right, I'm going to take it just because they do have that gland, right? So mm -hmm. it's the same process, same questions I'm asking. Uh, so, yeah. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can they can go to OnTrack, um, OnTrack Canine Big Game Recovery at Instagram, or they can call my cell number, 719-251-0419, uh, or... Uh, Probably the best bet would be go to United Blood Trackers before you come out here to Colorado, before you go hunting. Go to unitedbloodtrackers.org, and at the top they have what's called Find a Tracker. When you click it, it's going to be it's going to show all the states that are legal to track in. There's only a few that are in red. So you click Colorado, click Wyoming, click New Mexico. It's going to give you a list of names and numbers of all the certified trackers, uh, and then you can just get the number right there and call. So in, in terms of the, the legal ease, right, so people are, are clear on it, are there, what are the, the do's and don'ts, um, anything that they should be concerned uh, concerned with or know ahead uh, ahead of time or ahead of calling? As far as staying within the law yeah. for, for tracking. Um, so so we got to have our dogs on lead. Our dogs cannot come off a of lead. Um, we got to get, get verbal um, approval from CPW to track at night. Okay. We got, we got to call in, we got to call in, give all that information to CPW before we take the track. A lot of times they don't answer. We leave a voicemail, right? Uh, we have five days after to call back in and let them know if the animal was recovered or not. Uh, for the hunter aspect, we do have a time limit on when we can actually go and track the deer. That's a, that's in Wyoming. Okay, not Colorado. Not Colorado. Yeah. Wyoming, 72 hours. So if, you, if you're if you hunting in southern Wyoming and you shoot a bull, that 72 hours starts the minute you shoot that bull for us to be able to track. After that 72 hours, we got to pull out. Um, and if we come up, if we're coming up on an animal and the animal's still alive, that tracker's done. I have to pull the dog. And, these, and all this is within the Pope and Young as well. So if you're worried about any of that, for tracking and you shot a giant monster bull, monster buck, as long as if we come up to it, that, if that buck is still alive, if we back out right then, it's still within the parameters of Pope and Young, Boone and Crockett and all that. So the hunter has to be with you on track. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then, I'm gonna add another question there. Okay, if, if a guy or gal is listening to this and they have their dog with them, 
can they just go out and start sniffing? Uh, technically, by Colorado law, no. No. You you got to have the tracking permit. You've got to call it in. Like I was telling Lindsay, I was like, hey, if I shoot a bull, you know, the first week, bring bring your dog Sisu out. She's like, do I have to call it in? I'm like, absolutely, we got to call it in. Yeah, still got to do that. Because that's uh, important, right? Folks here is talking about it and go, oh, I can bring my dog out. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people that bring their dog to camp. Dog hangs out at camp. If, you, if you're putting a dog on a track um, and a CPW officer sees it, I mean, you're you're likely to get a fine. Right, yeah, yeah. there's implications there. I <laughs> yeah. wanted to be clear on yeah. that because somebody will listen to me like, oh, bring, you know, yeah, bring, bring, bring Blue the dog. with us. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's that could be disastrous. Yeah. Um, what you got? Because you brought up Wyoming twice. <laughs> so let's talk a little Wyoming, right? Because uh, a lot of folks are, you know, headed to Wyoming, too. What's, what are the, the nuanced differences between Wyoming and Colorado with it? So she's bringing up Wyoming because we just had our seminar, mm-hmm. uh, United Blood Tracker Seminar, where we're just getting our dogs certified. So both of our dogs got certified, what, was three weeks ago? And they were really pressing on the Wyoming laws versus Colorado laws, right? Uh, the, the, I mean, the difference is if you if you go online and you look, Wyoming's laws are like it's a paragraph. Yeah. That you know, you go you go to Colorado and it's you know, Page ten paragraphs. Page. You know, so yeah. it, there's a lot more there's a lot more to it for for Colorado um, than Wyoming. But like I said, I think the the biggest difference is versus Wyoming, Colorado is that the the time limit that you have when you kill an animal, when you shoot an animal. You have 72 hours in Wyoming, Colorado. You don't, but obviously the, the the sooner we can get our dogs out there and get them on the track, uh, the more chances we will have of uh, recovering them. But um, I know people a lot of times are very very eager when you put an arrow in an animal or a bullet in an animal, you want to be able to find that thing. I mean, a lot of these guys are going out, you know, tracking it right away, right? Um, if that animal is not dead, like Heath was saying, and you like you either know you got a bad hit on it or you tracked a couple hundred yards and that elk ain't there and you can't find any blood trail, immediately back out. Um, and, and you know, we'll ask you questions. Like you said, if, if it's if it's a gut hit, if it's further back, time is your time is your friend. Um, I know a lot of people are like worried about like, hey, meat spoilage, all that other stuff, and, and hey, I, I get it, but like you risk bumping that animal. And you risk that animal moving, and if you bump that animal, you just made your whole life a whole lot harder. So, I mean, we're we're we want to find this animal just as much as everybody else does. So, um, you know, when we ask you to, to hold on and wait, hold on and wait. You is know. is the seventy two hours? Is that when you guys have to be done? No, from, it's from the shot. From the yeah. Shot. So it's the hunter as well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's one of them areas like. I don't know. I don't know how they enforce that, but that, that's, that's that's what, what it, it is. is. That's yeah. interesting. I've and then and then the also other differences in Wyoming. You can bring your dog to camp, mm-hmm. and you don't have to have a permit or anything like that. But you need to make sure that it stays on lead the whole time. It just can't be running around in the woods. And uh, yeah, that's that's the only difference. So. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So on track canine. Big game recovery. Big game recovery. Um, you guys are. Hunting, have an issue, look them up, get Heath out, get Lindsay out, find that animal. Don't shoot another one. I saw it last year. Don't <laughs> shoot another one. Get that animal recovered. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, take care, guy. All right, so we're doing a reboot here because we were we were continuing our conversation 
offline, which was foolish because there was some good information in there, but we started talking about cost. So how does how does that look, right? Because if a guy's out there and he's struggling, uh, I think folks need to understand that it's not an expensive endeavor to have these dogs come and recover the animal that you've saved money for, taken time off work for, spent tags, spent everything. Um, so I want to talk cost. So what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. So so for me, it's going to be uh, the track is free. By, so by Colorado law, unless I'm working with an outfitter, then I can just name my price. But I, I'm not charging you for the track. I'm charging you for getting me there to track and back, right? So, and I just do, you know, a blanket $100 an hour from for my house. So if you're if you're two hours away, it's gonna be 200 bucks. Uh, I'm gonna come out there and track. And, and kind, of, kind of what Guy was saying offline is, I, I kind of go above and beyond. I, I bring my pack, I, I help break the bulls down. I, I usually throw a hind quarter in and help pack it out as well. Uh, just cause I like the whole process of it anyway. So you recovered uh, and packed out, partially yeah. packed out. Yeah, I carried, I think, uh, the last bull last year, I, I packed in one trip down the mountain, a hind quarter, a front quarter, and a back strap all in one go, uh, just so he could get the rest and not to go back up there. And just don't discount the girls either. I mean, I bring my hubby with me. We're a tracking team. And so you got two of us that are going to help him pack out. Pack out, too. Yeah. And, and I just don't want that to be an expectation. It's it's definitely yeah. should not be an expectation. Uh, so, like I said earlier, if you go to unitedbloodtrackers.org, I think now we're up to about 12 people on, on that website under Find a Tracker in Colorado. And I can promise you there's maybe three of us that will do that. The other three is going to say, hey, your bull's right here. They're going to take your money and they're going to walk and go back home. Which, you know, which is rightfully fine. so. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, that's at least you get your animal, right? Well, that's the biggest that's the thing, big thing, right, is not not wasting that animal. And I imagine you guys are doing that because by the time they call you, decide to call you, by the time you get out, by the time you get on track, by the time you find that animal, it's already been sitting there for it's a usually bit of time. It's usually about 24 hours right. is the earliest I've been able to get on one. Right. So, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that you're helping pack out just ensures that, you know, you don't, shouldn't say ensures, that implicates things. Gives you your best chance it's of saving best, meat. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. yeah, we'll say best chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just depends on. A lot of times, it depends on you know the weather, where they're at, what their elevation is. Uh, last year, that last bull, he died pretty high up the mountain in a shaded area in the timber, and his meat was fine. It, I think I found it at the twenty-six hour mark. His meat was good to go, except right around the big knuckles and the back hams. You know, mm -hmm. he lost a little bit, but that's not bad. Not though. bad at all. That's.